What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of All Out War. I'm Turner, and I'm in the studio with Rosie. What up, Rosie? Hey, what's up? How you doing? I'm doing well. This is episode number 119, for those that are keeping count. That's one less than 120, <laughs> and one more than 118. Yes, it is. Sandwiched right in the middle. So what's up, man? What do you know? Hey, um, did you know that in 2011, there was an earthquake off the coast of Japan that was so powerful... It measured almost 9.0 on the Richter scale. Wow. And it moved Japan eight feet closer to North America. <laughs> it shifted the planet on its axis. What? And it caused the length of a day to be shortened by almost 1.8 microseconds. Wow. Yeah. Dude, that's amazing. Isn't it? That's amazing. It moved the entire island of Japan eight feet. <laughs> Close. Eight feet, though. Yeah. Think about what that must have done. And, dude, we've hit them with a nuclear bomb, and it didn't even do that. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yeah. Are they on a big fault or something? I don't know. Just a big... I guess so, man. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how the planet works. I don't believe it. <laughs> you don't believe in the planet? It's flat, man. It's flat. Yeah. Well, we're not. We're definitely not talking about that. No, we're definitely not talking about flat Earth. We're, we're definitely not talking about conspiracies. Well, if it's flat Earth, how do we have down under... How do we have that? Didn't think about that one, did you? No, I didn't. <laughs> I just blew your whole conspiracy out of the water. It's not a conspiracy. It's what the Bible says, dude. <laughs> uh, you're right, though. We have a great podcast episode on this one. It's it's something that I think a lot of people are, are a little bit know. A little, some of our listeners know a lot about, and a lot of our listeners don't know anything about. And I think it's really important. Um, and it's touching on the subject of Australia and what's happening down there in, in light of everything with the pandemic and their government and the tyranny that is taking root and bearing fruit, unfortunately, <laughs> in that nation. Yeah. So um, we have a great, great episode on that. And well, hey, since you said uh, the fruit and the... The root. The root and the boot <laughs> and the tooth. Um, I was going to say... The blood, uh, the tree of liberty needs to be watered Yes, with the blood of tyrants. I agree. Every once in a while. Every, from so, time to time. From time to time. That's right. Who said that quote? Do you, do you remember? I think it was Thomas Jefferson. Was it TJ? I think so. Yeah, it might have been. I believe so. It was probably one of those old grizzly guys that that deserved, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, Dude, he wore a they, wig. They, he, they they, he wore a white, he, he wore one of those wigs. Hey, man. I want you to understand that most of the signers of the Declaration of Independence, once they signed that Declaration of Independence, they most of them died penniless and in destitution because they were outcasts and really, really treated horribly. Yeah. Uh, you know, for me. Also, George Washington's wife was a dude. <laughs> that's a whole other episode. Look at it. Look at it. That, Tell me that's I not know. a dude. No, I know. I agree. I think. Look at the vertebrae. <laughs> Does Martha have an Adam's apple? Yes, she does. Yes, he does. It's Mark. Mark. George and Mark Washington. Oh, jeez. What if we found out? What if that was the case? It is true. And the trans would the trans community would be up and they would be like, We're we're vindicated. Mm-hmm. Or I don't know. We're vindicated. Maybe more like that, right? No, it'd be a woman and be like, <laughs> "We're vindicated. We're vindicated. It's mother. ma'am. <laughs> it's ma'am." <Yeah. laughs> 
<laughs> Anyways. Uh, uh, all right. Let's sit back, grab a coffee, and enjoy. You're listening to the All Out War Podcast. Well, hello, everybody. We have a wonderful guest on the podcast this time, and she's coming to us all the way from down under from Australia. Uh, I want to welcome to the podcast Evelyn Ray. Evelyn, how are you? Hello. Yeah, good. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me on. <laughs> yeah, it's it's awesome. So let me just give the viewer or the listener a uh, little bit of background here. I've came across you on Twitter, and uh, you work for Cauldron Pool, and you do uh, awesome writing for the Cauldron Pool. It's a Christian conservative uh, sort of digital newspaper or news uh, site, and uh, mm. and so I started uh, interacting with you, and I was getting information from you that I wasn't able to find anywhere here in the United States about what's going on in Australia. So I decided to ask if you'd want to come on and join us. And so we'd love to, for you to share a little bit about what's going on in Australia today and what's, what do you see happening? Maybe what do you see going on in the future? And, and really, like, uh, how did you guys end up in that spot that you're in right now? Yeah, that's, that's a very uh, full question. Um, <laughs> many, many ways I could go with this, but I think quite simply, the current state of Australia where I'm living is very much a two-tiered society. We have those of us who are unvaccinated still locked in our homes, and those who are vaccinated, uh, the government has allowed small little breadcrumbs of freedom to kind of let them back into society. And, you know... As you said, I write for Cauldron Pool, a Christian conservative, uh, you know, news outlet. And, you know, we've been kind of saying from the very beginning, you know, what's been going on. We've been trying to shout it almost from the rooftops. Um, but unfortunately, not many people really want to listen. And um, our own country, our own media don't really want to report on what's going on. They're more interested in reporting the narrative as opposed to the truth and the facts. Um and I think that's translating into how it's being presented overseas as well. Like you mentioned, you know, you haven't really been able to get a good grasp of what's going on. But a lot of people who do um, sort of want to know what's happening in Australia, they always, the first question they ask me is, is that really happening? Is that real? <laughs> um, because it's such disbelief, just the current state of affairs that we have over here. And, you know, sadly, I have to always answer, yep. It's real, and people are just blown away by that. Um, but, you know, I think the reason that we're here isn't an Australian-only issue. I think it's mm. a Western issue, Western nation issue. I think it's actually a corrosive rot that is plaguing our once great nations collectively across the West. I think the difference with Australia is the culture over here. We very much have gone back to our convict roots. It's like we've gone from penal colony <laughs> to penal colony in under 200 years. I mean, surely that's a record. But yeah. whether I, th I think Americans are far more God-fearing, even if people aren't actually saved in their hearts, they're grown up with this patriotic God-fearing, you know, 
God first and then man under God. Whereas Australia, we very much have rejected Christ over here. We've kind of, he's, he's like in the corner somewhere in the shadows and he's not um, someone that we fear. And I think in turn, we've placed the government here as Lord. We've placed wow. the government here as the protector. And with that um, comes a culture of security over freedom. And I think that's the difference with Australia. I think the, the root issue with the culture is infecting all of the Western nations, these ideologies, these relativist, subjectivist ideologies are everywhere. You can't escape them in the West, but Australia is a little bit more, uh, I guess, further along the road because of our security over freedom, freedom sort of culture, I think. Hmm. Yeah, I mean... The biggest thing that I always hear immediately when I bring up Australia and, and people don't know what's going on, I'm like, oh, you don't know. And I just share and they go, well, yeah, mm-hmm. didn't, didn't they give up their guns like 25, 30 years ago? And I'm like, I think so. <laughs> yeah. And and they always say, well, yeah. that's a big problem. But I mean, and I get that, you know, obviously, um, you know, that's going to, if you can't defend yourself, you're they're going to be taken advantage of. But don't you think that... Um, that there is some sense of things have changed so dramatically, but we weren't wanting this. Is that like bubbling up anywhere in the culture or is it just mainly conservatives or those people that are, you know, um, not interested in getting the vaccination? Yeah, I think, um, so for a very long time, I was always saying like, at what point is the rubber band going to snap? Because the Australian people are being stretched to such lengths. It's like, where is it? Where, where is like, how far can we be stretched as people? And, you know, us conservatives and Christians and libertarians, you know, that spectrum of, I guess, politics have been very much awake to what's going on, but we've been just hitting our heads against a brick wall at the vast majority of Australians who either are complicit or who actually agree with it or who just are putting their head in the sand because if it doesn't affect them as the individual, they just don't have the conviction to do something about it for their neighbour. And unfortunately, you know, I've been quite disappointed with uh, the Australian sort of uh, response to all of this. I mean, we have up to 5,000 phone calls a day to the police of people dobbing snitching on people that they're seeing within their communities or their neighbours. 5,000 a day in one state alone. That's Mm. not even the country. And police are having to respond to, you know, a neighbour saying, oh, I saw a car drive into the driveway of this person's house that normally isn't there. And the police are having to come and say, are you out of your area? Are you leaving for an essential reason? Have you got a permit from New South Wales Health to say you're allowed to leave your home? And this is what police are dealing with. This is what Australians are dealing with, 5,000 snitches a day. So, you know, whilst there are increasingly, uh, you know, growing in numbers with this conservative movement, the more that, and we're having so many people kind of wake from their sleeping sort of state, like Hmm. it is happening, but we are still very much those of us who are willing to lose our jobs, those of us who are willing to lose our friends, our family, mm-hmm. those of us who are having to leave our churches because our ministers are falling for it. Like there's, mm. there's, there's a lot of things happening for the good, but it's still on a very small uh, minority, unfortunately. Yeah. 
Can you can you share with us some of the rules that are in place right now? Because I don't think people know even how dramatic it mm. truly is. Yeah, so I'm in the state of New South Wales, which is the state where Sydney is, um, and each state is sort of different and varying. But in my experiences being in New South Wales, we're fairly similar to Victoria, so people can kind of get an idea of, I guess, the types of things. So um, I'm not allowed to leave within five kilometres of my residential address. So I can't leave unless it's for an essential reason and the government deems what's essential. Um, As an unvaccinated person, I can't go to the gym. I can't go to the swimming pool. Even if going to the swimming pool is swimming pool is for rehab or some sort of physiotherapy, I'm not allowed to go because I'm unvaccinated. Mm. Um, As an unvaccinated person, I can't go to weddings or funerals unless they're under 10 people for each, which when does that ever happen? Um, I'm not allowed to go to retail stores. I can't do my shopping. The only shops that I'm allowed to go to is what's deemed as essential, which is my groceries. That is it. I can't go and buy a new pair of shoes. I can't go and get a jumper. I can't um, go and buy beauty products. I'm not allowed to go to the hairdresser. I can't go to the beauty salon. Um, The only thing that I can do is leave my home for an essential purpose, which is getting food for my family. That's it. Um, Anything outside of that, I can face thousands of dollars worth of fines and criminal charges. And if I speak out against what's going on, there's laws in place to say that I'm inciting a crime which, and the crime is going against these public health orders and restrictions. So we've had people over here who have said to people, we shouldn't have to comply with all these restrictions. The police have actually locked them up and put them in jail. That's Whoa. the most extreme what's happening here in Australia. And um, so they're saying that they're doing all of this for the sake of safety for the virus? Yes. I mean, it doesn't even make yeah. sense to me, but... Why, Mike, the big question that I come across is what are the, why are the police complying with this? Like, why wouldn't the police say no and, and not go, go along with it? Yeah, this is a question I've been asking. I'm not sure if, if you were aware, but I served in the police as a detective um, over here for 12 years. I only resigned in 2020. Um, And so I've been faced with these questions. Like i I bled with these people. I, yeah. I, I cried with them. I, I've just, I've had to go through so much, you know, with these people, um, emotionally and spiritually. And I'm like, now they're against me. Um, and it's been really hard for me to kind of swallow and to understand that the only way I've been able to kind of rationalize what they're doing in my mind is the simple reason that they don't view us freedom loving, Christ-fearing, unvaccinated heathens. They don't view us as people anymore. They view us as criminals. The only way that they can actually do what they're doing, unless they're a psychopath, the only way they can justify it is if they've changed that mental thing in their brain Mm -hmm. where they no longer think of us as a citizen and they think of us as a criminal. Because I joined the police to lock up criminals. Right. That is something that was in me that I wanted to lock up the bad guys. Um, and I spent 12 years doing that. And, you know, that that's why I joined. And these people aren't 
they're, they're not bad people. They join because they want to do lock up bad people as well. Yeah. So they have to view us as that for them to be able to follow through with that. And the cops that don't view us as that, the cops that are actually standing against all of these restrictions, the police force is actually firing them and mm. sacking them and driving them out of the police force. So you, and I've said this is another issue. I'm sure we could talk about this again. The issue of policing in Australia, but yeah. we're very much over here a quota over quality process with recruitment, mm. and I think that it's they've deliberately recruited people for this purpose in the police for a very long time. Mm. People who can't necessarily think independently and analyze things, people who basically are bred and indoctrinated and educated and trained in a way to just follow orders. Mm. And as I said, they're not, I'm not saying they're evil people, but the police are very carefully selected who they're recruiting because the people that they're recruiting are just, they just think they're doing the right thing and they don't have that critical mind to really kind of weigh it all up. So as, as I said, that's a huge issue that I could probably speak for 10 hours on. But um, I think that's what we're facing with the police right here. The police that are speaking out against it are losing their jobs. The police who are saying, I'm not going to enforce the mandates. Well, the police have actually now in New South Wales brought in a directive that police aren't allowed to use discretionary powers mm. when it comes to infringement for COVID-related incidents. So if oh, wow. someone's breaching a restriction... Normally, if someone's doing something, you can use your discretion and say, weigh up the aggravating and mitigating factors and decide whether you actually arrest or infringe somebody. Um, and you have that, uh, that power as an officer, as an individual. But with COVID, they've done it. If you want to use your discretion and not find somebody, you actually have to get and seek permission from the rank of an inspector or above, wow. which is someone who's like the boss of a police station. Um, so discretionary powers have been moved and those who aren't following through this are then getting in trouble for not following directions from a senior officer and then they're losing their job. Hmm. So this is the situation over here. It's pretty wow. bleak. You know, I saw a video of um, a group of people. They were protesting. They were, I guess, I'm not sure where it was. It was in Australia, but I'm not sure what part of Australia. And this SUV pulls up and these guys jump out. They looked like they were wearing like this, like regular jeans, but tactical jackets, like vests. Mm. And uh, they were absolutely manhandling the people who were completely peaceful. They were not, mm. you know, they weren't, it wasn't like America last summer where we were, you know, riots were <laughs> peaceful protests were burning down yeah. cities. Um, it was actually people that were just protesting the mandates, I guess. And they just yeah. were without any reserve, just jumped out and manhandled mm. them. And they looked like they were military trained. They didn't, the way that they function and move, they didn't look like they were like a typical police training. Although a lot of police mm. is really tactical now, but, but, um, mm. is, are you hearing anything about like outside people bringing from the outside in to work in the police and control the people? Yeah, this is a really good question because this is where a lot of confusion comes from. And you know what? I don't blame people from being confused because we've been lied to for so long in Australia and around the world by our media, by everyone. Like, can you really blame people for yeah. getting these things wrong or at least assuming that it's a possibility? But um, something that's really important and something that I try, <clears throat> excuse me, really hard to try and do is report the truth, even if it doesn't suit my, mm. what I want. And um, the truth is 
they weren't private military. They are police. There is a special unit within uh, the Victorian police force that's like our SWAT. That's like our, you know, like your equivalent to that. And um, the the interesting part is, um, and where people get confused is obviously like the reason that they were deployed for the protest. That particular unit, and from myself working in the police, I only call those people if there's a sniper, if there's a hostage, if there's a bomb threat. Like you, they are used for the most heinous and most in like tactical crime events that are you know out there. And so the fact that the Victorian police utilise their unit for those things for these protests speaks volumes. Mm. Um, <clears throat> and I think that people who don't understand the police and the different units were confused because they were in tactical gear, military-type gear and weaponry, but they are actually just Victorian police. And another reason why there's a lot of confusion is because over here in Australia, we actually have, um, in Victoria, signed a bill to say that we can utilise the UN officers, Mm. um, you know, in certain events. So we have the legislation there. And we, and then we, we're in a situation where there's so much distrust between the, the government and the police and the people that people were looking at that legislation and people were looking at this footage and people were going, oh my goodness, what's happening? Um, this must be that, but it's not. We have everything in place that some the scenario, like you mentioned, could potentially happen in the future, mm. but it hasn't happened. And, and if you look at the public health orders in Australia, in order to enforce these public health orders, it has to be enforced by what's called an authorised officer. And if private military or UN or somebody was being used in Australia for the purpose of enforcing these orders, they would have to be listed in the public health orders as an authorised officer, and they're currently not. Mm. So that kind, it kind of, as I said, I don't blame people of thinking that this is possible because we've been lied to and and completely destroyed our relationship with our government and our police. But in this particular video you're mentioning, it is actually just a special unit within the um, Victorian police that's more tactical, like your equivalent of SWAT in America. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, they manhandled them like they were kids, yeah. like they were dolls, just throwing around. It was it was really sad to see that fracture between law enforcement and civilian because we're a little bit different to America in that we've been able to trust majority of our police for our whole lives. Mm. You know, we all drive around with stickers on our cars. Cops are top, you know, <laughs> like, and we, we grew up like this. Um, and we've had a really good relationship with the police for such a long time. And right now in front of our eyes, we're seeing this fracture. Mm. And unfortunately we will end up like America Like, you know, we will end up with that distrust between cops and people and we will end up like, you know, in a, in a really bad place if the police, I don't know, I don't even know if if it's too late already, to be honest, if I can give you my personal opinion here, working in law enforcement for as long as I did, I relied so much on the community to help me in my job and I wouldn't blame the community right now for not wanting to help me if I was wearing a uniform because of everything that it's done. Right. Yeah. No, I, that's, a, I, that, that was my big concern. Like my big question was if as a law enforcement officer, why, 
wouldn't you just step across the line and just say, no, I'm not, I'm not doing mm. this. This is tyrannical. This I'm here to protect and serve, not to enforce, you know, unjust tyranny and uh, be- mm. become an arm for some, you know, government official that's too big for his britches, you know, <laughs> but uh, mm. what, what happens if say, for instance, someone speaks out against the government or the people or, or, or a specific individual that's maybe like, you know, in America, we have Fauci. And in my house, mm. like we have a joke, like we have a joke, we're like, if you stub your toe, we're like, ouchie Fauci, you know, and we, <laughs> we, we joke around and like somebody gave my wife um, this gift. And it was like, um, sanitized wipes and hand sanitizer and a mask and we were joking around and I called it her Fauci pouchy you know and um <laughs> and you know because it's like she still has my wife where she works she still has to wear a mask every day unfortunately but um so uh w- we were laughing at I could go on Twitter right now and I could make the most mm. crazy statement about Fauci and call him whatever I want and there's a good chance that I might get you know a little bit of a reprimand, a slap on the wrist, maybe a, a suspension for a couple of days. But can you even do anything like that right now down there? Is it is there anybody speaking out against the the government officials and calling them out on these things, like the real science and and those type of things? Yeah, we have such severe censorship over here. Like mm-hmm. basically, we everything that we sort of bring up, like the fact that in the last month we've had 800 and something heart problems um, in young adults and it's like that coincides with us reaching 95 percent vaccination rate and you know this is actual science this this is impartial this isn't subjective Mm -hmm. this isn't an opinion this is a fact there have been 800 and something admissions for myocarditis or whatever the condition is for your heart since um you know the beginning of the month and, you know, if you go back a year ago, we had maybe 20 cases, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and we're sort of presenting these arguments like, you know, can, can somebody look at these facts? Can somebody look at the science? Can somebody just impartially and objectively weigh this up? And, yeah, we're censored. Our own health officials come on and give um, all these, you know, uh, press conferences saying, the people who think that are idiots. And I actually call us these words on mainstream media. Wow. Wow. And if we're, they do. Like, and if you look it up, like you can look, his name's Brad Hazard. He has openly come on and said that anybody who's unvaccinated is a moron, is an idiot, and he uses oh, this aggressive wow. language to label us as all unvaxxers. And, you know, like I served my country. I had to be vaccinated to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I'm very much pro-choice in this particular matter. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like I'm asking people to respect my choice of not being vaccinated, I have to respect other people's choices if they want to be vaccinated. But what I do want is people to be vaccinated without coercion, mm-hmm. without bullying, without fear of losing their job and their livelihood. And we're not really offered that over here. I mean, we call our premiers over here like dictator Dan, <laughs> you know, which is a little bit like the Fauci slur you're saying. And, you know, we say all these things, um, but the people who have actually seriously spoken out about what's going on, we've had our platform shut down. We, I, I was on, um, you know, a, a lot more mainstream news once upon a time until I started speaking out against the mandates. Now I've been blacklisted um, from being going on TV to give my opinion on certain matters. Um, and, 
you know, like we've had some people in Australia uh, get locked up in prison, like I mentioned, because they spoke about they spoke out against the government and then the wow. government, the police have said they're inciting it. And there was a girl who was arrested for this because she was said, we're going to go protest, there's civil disobedience, all these things. They said she was inciting a crime. And then when, when she got charged with the offence of incitement, they wanted to give her conditional bail, which she had to sign to say, if she gets released, she's not allowed to speak up anymore about anything. Mm. If they release her until the court date on conditional bail, she has to shut down her social media platform. She's not allowed to do that. And she refused. She's like, I'm not signing away my right to speak. Yeah. And so they held her for over a month in jail wow. um, until the court matter. This completely young woman innocent, like never had a criminal history, not a drug dealer, not a pedophile, nothing. She literally spoke out against the government and refused to sign something to say that she would stop speaking out against what they're doing. And she spent a month in jail. Wow. Um, wow. So yeah, at the moment though, like if I can speak encouragingly on something, cause I, I don't want to be completely <laughs> negative. It's hard not to be. Yeah. I'm by nature a bit of a pessimist, which is a sin that I'm really trying not to, uh, falling through that trap. And I think because of my history in law enforcement, I just think the worst of things. I'm very much glass half empty. I'm with you but there. I'm, I'm trying so hard to be better at remembering the promises of God and not believing the lies of Satan and remembering that in the end, Good. you know, we just laid at the foot of the cross and perfect justice will take place in one way or another. Yeah. But, you know, if I am speaking positively, um, at the moment, like in Australia, they've just tried to pass permanent pandemic legislation, which means at the moment, <laughs> yeah, at the moment we operate under what's called um, emergency powers. Right. And these emergency powers have expiry dates. So they have to apply for it through parliament and the court. And they say for three months, we're going to have emergency powers because we're in an emergency you know, we're in COVID pandemic, we have these emergency powers, but then there's like a checkpoint because every few months when it expires, it has to go back through this procedure mm -hmm. and it has to continue to get rolled over. Now, the state of Victoria have can't extend this state of emergency past December the 16th. So what the government mm -hmm. has now done and said, because we're lawfully not allowed to extend it because it's been 300 and something days of it, which it's well and truly expired, Wow. They're putting in permanent legislation, which gives them the power by law, enacted law, to draw on these restrictions and mandates whenever the state premier and the government decides it's necessary. And in the legislation, it stipulates that there doesn't need to be a pandemic for them to use these powers wow. if, they, if, if they foresee it happening. So you can see how this can be manipulated for climate change uh, lockdowns. Yeah. You can see yeah. how, the potential anything. for it. Yeah, yeah anything. And it's been really encouraging because finally that rubber band looks like it's going to snap because we had a hundred thousand, 130,000 people take to Melbourne last weekend yeah. and okay. protest this bill. And, you know, like we've been, feel like we've been kind of screaming at an empty audience for such a long time and finally seeing hundreds of thousands of people show up on the streets and say, this is the hill that I'm going to die on. This is too much. It's been good. And, um, you know, seeing that there were children in the crowds, these little, and I love it. And I think, I think the best part to come out of this in Australia and what the left—I don't like using left and right—but what people on the wrong side of history, what what people, <laughs> um, you know, on the wrong side of history, 
um, don't realise is they've pushed children into hating the government Hmm. and hating big government. And you see these little kids fighting for freedom, their God-given rights, and it's like, yes, the new generation of shepherds, the new generation of conservatives might be born from this, Hmm. um, which, you know, is something good to take from it. And um, parents are pulling their kids out of school because they're now pushing vaccinations for 5 to 11-year-olds in Australia. Teenagers are already all vaccinated in here in Australia. And, you know, parents are pulling their kids out of school and they're actually being parents Mm -hmm. and not using daycare as a surrogacy for parenthood, which is fantastic. Like, this is how it should be. Um, And so there are good things that are going to come from all of this, I believe. Was there there any... Uh, signs of this type of like tyranny, like laying under before mm-hmm. the pandemic, like we're like it just it seems so strange to me because you know Australia was like in a lot of ways as as an American when we looked at Australia we looked at it a, a lot like America like we know you didn't have the same constitution and all of that mm-hmm. or the same electoral system and all of that but but it was very Western it was very you know um, they were all like allies with us and. And then all of a sudden, out of the blue, the pandemic hits, and all of a sudden, it's you know worse than even China in some ways. Like, was that showing itself at all before the pandemic? To be honest, I think it was. <clears throat> excuse me. I think um, you know for a really long time. <clears throat> excuse me. I'm so sorry. It's not COVID. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> um, for a, for a really long time, we have basically in in Australia asked the government to be mum and dad or, or God. And that's why they're treating us like children. And they've treated us like children for a really long time. Mm. You only have to look at our immunization and our vaccination schedule to see that these things have been in place since like the seventies, because oh, wow. <clears throat> if a child isn't vaccinated or like the, the ones that they get when they're six months old and 12 months and two years and four years, if your child's not vaccinated, you're not eligible as a parent to get any assistance with your, like from the government, like Centrelink welfare from mm. the government. Uh, if your child's not vaccinated, they can't go to schools and daycares. Like there's limitations around where they can be educated mm. and where they can be uh, looked after and cared for if the parents are at work. So these things have been in place for a long time, but people in Australia have just accepted it. Yeah. And for a really long time have accepted, you have to vaccinate your kids or they can't go to this school. You have to vaccinate your kids or you don't get assistance with, uh, you know, parental benefits from welfare. And that's been in place for decades, but people haven't really thought about it. And it's like, well, hang on. Of course this is easy. We've had the the pathway paved for us for a really long time. And, you know, um, as I said also before, we're very much in Australia, we value security over our freedom. Mm. <clears throat> and like our parent, my parents' generation could buy houses for $20,000. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, come wow. on, they had no troubles in life. <laughs> wow. Like they, they could buy houses for $20,000. That was it. They, they had it easy. We call them the boomers. Yep, and um, I, you know, <clears throat> and they've just had it like so good that they've over, since their generation, the, our government here, and like all governments around the world, they grow. They don't have a tendency to get smaller. Mm-hmm. Governments get bigger with time by yeah, nature. And right. our Australian government for decades has been chipping away at our 
constitution at our God-given rights and have put all these things in place to basically make each state of Australia autonomous. So whoever's in charge of that state has the power, even over the federal government. People don't seem to understand that our separation of powers over here isn't the same as like the federal and state powers, say, in America. Pretty much we, our federal government doesn't really get involved with the state affairs. Um, And that's why right now our health officers and our premiers are the most powerful people in the Southern Hemisphere because we ha- they have the ability to do so because the way our country has been formed and founded on has been built upon the government being the, um, the you know, state. the government being the security. Yeah, yeah it, it's been like this since the beginning. And I think, you know, it's only going to come back here unless foundationally something drastic changes in Australia. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say it's really interesting. Yeah, you finally give me a second to Go ahead, ask man. a question, please, Turner. Please do, Rosie. <laughs> um, yeah, that's really fascinating. I didn't know um, that about it because it, it's weird. Like in, um, like in the, the, the way that America is set up, uh, you know, like we have the federal government, which oversees everything, it, which is really weird because the, like, to have fully autonomous states that the federal government would actually like um, respect the the wishes of that sounds like a really good thing for here. Like I wish we had that here because then kind of like what we're doing, like we're seeing in Texas, uh, Florida's Mm. way better than Texas right now, but like you can go to Florida and not have to, you know, like this Ron DeSant, the governor of the, the head of basically of Florida, Ron DeSantis, is uh, just doing a really good job because he's taking care of Florida and bringing all the people there. Mm. But, but he's, he's literally said, I'm not going to honor what, you know, whatever Biden says, he's like, I'm not going to honor that. Right. But, but <laughs> Which is great. Yeah, except the, the, the whole problem is that if Biden can always just, like, bring the National Guard or, you know, like, right. go to and do all these things. So it's really interesting, I guess, maybe... Uh, since you guys kind of Australia, we were saying like is kind of a little bit further down the road of left leftist or uh, wrong side of history authoritarianism. Um, <laughs> mm. So it it almost is giving me some sort of pause, you know, like thinking uh, that that just really struck me. And um, on kind of a completely separate note, like you know we had joked about beforehand, like or I think on the so far we've said. Like the biggest thing that just keeps coming back in my mind is like, uh, I lived overseas. Um, I lived down in, uh, that kind of area. I'd never been to Australia, but that area of the world and been to a lot of Western Europe, lived in Western Europe and like a lot of our allies and stuff like that. And the one thing that I always noticed about, like I grew up, had a lot of Australian friends and things like that. And they were very close to Americans but the biggest thing that keeps coming back to me is like we have the same ideas sort of of uh, liberty and freedom. Like we're very much the same. And I mean, I want to say, you know, like you guys have the outback. We have the middle of America. That's, you know, <laughs> like we have the country guys and, you know, like the farmers and stuff like that. Like we that other countries don't have like Australia and uh, America are very unique brothers in this kind of way. Mm. 
But the only thing is, to harpen back to this, is the fact that we do have guns and you guys don't. Because that's what I, I, the whole thing that I keep <clears throat> thinking of. And I don't know, I, like we were joking about it, you know, with like Taiwan and almost want to do it with Australia. Like just go over and like airdrop guns into <laughs> right. Australia. Um, yeah, packages. That's yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Like Call of Duty. Exactly. Just, just <laughs> drop them in and, you know, say we got your back. But um I mean, that's kind of, uh, I don't want to go off on this whole other tangent, but like the way that like the groundwork has been put in place, like you, like you said, with all those things that, um, they're just waiting for the opportunity to turn them on Mm -hmm. and implement everything. Mm -hmm. That's why they were able to do it 300 days. That's a little more. Yeah. So that's nearly a year. Yeah. Yeah. Right away. Like immediately. Everything was in place. The infrastructure was in place. They were able to shut yeah. down everything. Um, like what you had talked about with the police, just hiring practices, um, mm. which takes years. They can't just all of a sudden, you know, yeah. start having all classes, you know, like start only hiring uh, idiot. You know, I don't want to say yeah. sheeple because it's like so cliche, but like the, these idiot people like that, that just turn off their heads and not think about anything. Um, so I don't know, like, I, I, I was just going to say, like, it's, it is definitely very bleak and I can't understand, Yeah. like, it is, that's, that's so terrible. And, um, I'm really, yeah. it's interesting. I'm really starting to realize that we don't have rights over here and out. The law is not on our side. Yeah. I mean, you in America have the second amendment, you have the constitution, you have the federalist papers mm-hmm. and these were all men who feared God and who put pen to paper with that authority and that ultimate authority in mind. And in Australia, we don't have our laws and our, I guess, nation built on the same type of logic as that. We have very much lauded government as, you know, put government as God. Like we, it's like what, what God says in the Bible, you know, render things to Caesar that belong to Caesar and render things to God that belong to God. It's like the Americans at least got that right, that they've recognized that people's freedoms and their rights aren't Caesar's to own their gods and you inherited them when you're born. In Australia, it's like we've said that the government is Lord. The mm-hmm. government, and therefore we've sort of handed to Caesar these things. And based on that, Caesar has then written the rules of the land as opposed to, mm-hmm. I guess, um, government being in check with the ultimate authority of God. And I, that's sort of the difference, I think, over here. And we have these public health acts, which is enacted law, which is where they're able to, uh, you know, do these emergency powers and mandates. The one in Western Australia, which is one of our states, was made in 1956. <laughs> and in that legislation, it says in there, and I wrote an article on this for Cauldron Pool, And it actually stipulated word for word that an authorized officer, which can be a public servant, a.k.a. a police officer, Mm -hmm. are able to enter a home without a warrant. Mm. They're able to physically restrain a person, remove clothing and underwear and vaccinate. This is in legislation. If you go on cauldronpool.com, look at Evelyn Ray, look at Western Australia. I wrote an article on it. That's enacted legislation. And this can be done without a warrant at the direction of a CHO, which is a chief health officer. Wow. wow. So, as you said, everything is here to be used. We are literally at the mercy of 
the discretion of our corrupt government. And it's like, which government is going to do this and which isn't? And we just have to have faith and hope that the governments don't do that. But if they want to, they have all the powers here to do that. And we're unarmed. This is what we're faced with. Um, And it hasn't happened as of yet, but you can see how it can happen. And legally, according to our legal system, it can happen. Do you see a lot of hypocrisy with the leaders as well? Like uh, they enact mandates and laws and rules Mm -hmm. and and then they get caught breaking them. Do you see that happening a lot? Yeah, we have seen it. So they've basically made vaccination mandatory for most employment. If you want to have a job, you basically have to be vaccinated unless you work for yourself or a small business that might just not get involved. But the federal government, not the state government, but Scott Morrison, our prime minister, said we're not going to mandate vaccines. We don't agree with that. And he won't make vaccinations mandatory for members of parliament, these politicians, because that goes against the constitution apparently. Right. But these states can mandate it to us. This, this is why we're all going. This is like how, how unbelievable this is. Yeah. Um, in terms of the hypocrisy and just why it's okay for one and not the other, and that's why we we are in a two tiered society in many ways. And you know, there unfortunately those of us middle class, hardworking Aussies, we kind of got the short stick here. Yeah. Yeah. You had you you were talking about the, just the Lord and just uh, you know God given rights and all of that. What's the spiritual climate right now with like in the churches? Those that are, I mean, are churches still closed down this far along in the pandemic? Are they opening? Are they defying? Are they trying to like what's the the like the sort of the spiritual climate within the mm. churches? Yeah, it's something I've been quite disappointed in, if I'm honest, because. Um, up until about three weeks ago, churches have closed. Churches have been closed. And wow. up until three weeks ago, only vaccinated were allowed to attend, not unvaccinated. So I was an uncircumcised heathen for a while there. <laughs> um, it's only been um, the last three weeks that I'm allowed to go back to church being unvaccinated because they amended our public health orders to say that that was an essential service. But oh, before good. that, it wasn't deemed an essential service. So for, since March 2020, I've been in and out of church when the government say I can and can't. Um, there are some really amazing godly men over here in Australia who are ministers of churches who wrote the Ezekiel Declaration okay. um, and the Moses Statement and a few things basically as church leaders saying we don't agree with um, discriminating based on vaccine status and how theologically and biblically that would obviously be wrong. Um Sadly, those ministers who wrote that to say we can't discriminate in our church, they got criticized by other ministers yeah, in Australia. It's crazy. For yeah. being selfish. And I'm sure you guys are seeing it in America. There are ministers coming out basically, you know, the, the, the vaccination is the new Messiah. And it's yeah. really sad. Um, and we've seen a little bit of that here in Australia. There, As I said, an amazing group of ministers who wrote those declarations. You can read them on Cauldron Pool, if you like, Ezekiel Declaration. It's worth a read because it's something that you guys can take to your ministers in America and worldwide because it's so relevant. It's just theological understanding on who you can segregate and not segregate into church and, you know, Rome, the proper interpretation of Romans 13. I think, I think yeah. this is shown how poor people's theology is the pandemic. People right. like to just throw out Romans 13 without understanding it properly. But um, 
Well, yeah, church has been a bit all over the place. And, and you know, for us here in the states, like uh, when it first started happening in in California, in particular, they were really strong. California and New York were the two big states that were really hammering down on people. And uh, one of our big pastors out here in California, he his name was John MacArthur. He just refused to comply, and uh, he basically you know, is an old guy. He's kind of grisly, you mm. know. And he just said, we're, we're "Yeah, not. I know MacArthur." Yeah, mm. I, I mean, I love him. I love his preaching, but you know, he he said we're not going to do it. And he had a lot, got a lot of slack. And I heard peop, Christians that mm. I respect criticizing him saying that yeah. he's not demonstrating love for his neighbor he's not he's yeah. not you know the Romans 13 he's not you know respecting the the law of the land you know that was handed down or those that are mm. authority that God's placed and it, it took a while and I thought I was going to see a bigger fissure fissure happen of <laughs> separation between these these churches that were that were what I what I consider progressive versus the conservative churches mm. that are more orthodox and, and hold, to, hold to more biblical standards, you know, actually teach the Bible. But uh, the, yeah. the thing that surprised me, the thing that surprised me the most, I don't know if, if you noticed this, was the fear that got a hold of so many believers. Mm. Um, yeah. and, and it basically showed me that what they're consuming they're probably just mm. like on a steady diet of mainstream news <laughs> and not yeah. not challenging what's going into their mind or what they're being told with any any other you know data and it just mm. stokes fear and it's so frustrating because as believers there's never been a time in history that was more dangerous for Christians than the early church, you know, when they first, you mm. know, the first, you know, probably 70 years of, of the church existence because mm. they were being chased, persecuted, but they never stopped meeting. Yeah. They, they always, no. you know, they kept meeting, they kept, they kept sharing the gospel. And then when I saw sort of like the buckling of like a lawn chair for so many churches, like there was a friend of mine's church, they didn't meet for like six months. And, that was mm. it. And I thought, wow, they're I don't know how they're even going to open their doors back up. They're not going to know what to do when people come back into their sanctuary. They're going to mm. be afraid of them, you know. But Yeah. It's just a sad state. And I think you're right. I think the the for for many believers this has placed them in a in a position where they have to really dig in and just like what do I believe? Mm. Who am I trusting in and who ultimately holds my future, you know? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And I I think um I really do think it's kind of sorting the wheat from the chaff right now. Mm -hmm. You know, I think the time for the mediocre Christian is over. Satan owns the fence. Mm -hmm. And too many Christians have been sitting on that fence for too long. And, mm -hmm. you know, just like, I think this is a great leveling. And just like when when God speaks, he like and, and when you can see him in the Old Testament, when he spoke to Moses on the mountain, the mountain shook like yeah. an earthquake. And I think right now he's speaking. I fully believe the West, uh, we, we are nations under his judgment. We've been killing mm -hmm. babies in the womb. Yes. And we've been cutting off private parts of children in the name of tolerance. We've been mm -hmm. euthanizing people under the guise of good death. All this nonsense for so long. And God's speaking and he's shaking and we're leveling. And it's mm -hmm. teaching us to hold on to things that are eternal, things mm -hmm. that are solid, and to let go of these false, uh, you know, supports and these false ideas that are going to fall off as he speaks and as he shakes. And I think, you know, it's been sad watching churches respond. But my goodness, am I grateful for it, that I'm not under the headship or leadership of ministers who are not 
you know, holding on to these eternal things. I'm, I'm so grateful that, you know, the wolves are being exposed mm. and, you know, the new era of shepherds. And, and these, it, I feel like, and I don't know if you're the same in America, but ministers have become like a career yes. instead yeah. of a calling. Mm-hmm. And it's like the big Eva, the big evangelical, yes. big, <laughs> tech, big, big Eva. And, you know, I feel like for so long, Bible colleges and theological degrees have become academic things. And we've lost that God-given spiritual calling to to the fight and and to that role. And maybe this is the moment where God speaks, where he's shaking, where where things are trembling, where leveling, and this new era of shepherds who are actually called. And I'm seeing that. There are so many men over here who are saying, I'm going to start a new church, one that actually is built on the Bible, who who watches the news in one hand and the Bible in the other, and that's how we lead our congregation and you know as i said it's sad but i'm grateful for it because you know as john calvin said if god wants to judge a nation he gives them bad leaders yeah and you know it goes for the church and it goes for our government and you know maybe this is going to breed new new leaders that are going to lead us out of this tyranny and out of this corrosive rot of a culture that we're breeding in the west Mm-hmm. Well, that is hopeful. I'm glad to hear that there, that, you yeah. know, the Lord's raising up men to really be bold and and do it the mm. right way. And you know, what's funny is if you take away the income, you'll really find out who's got a calling <laughs> on their life because they're the ones that'll stick around mm-hmm. and and care for the people and teach them and disciple and share. Yeah, those that are just in it for the money, they they're they'll leave and find another job, another career. You know. That's that's a good separator. Yeah. I always like to ask. <laughs> I kind of judge. I'm, I was in ministry full time vocationally for a long time, many years, sixteen years, and so I got to see. And the, he left when the money ran out. I got <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, no. I got fired. <laughs> that's the truth. I did get fired, but not for anything immoral. It was. Uh, I didn't agree with the leadership with a, a direction they went that was uh, unbiblical. Mm. So, and then they never enacted it. So <laughs> I stood I stood my ground and then got let go and uh, and then they didn't do it, which was great. So I feel like I, I had a small victory there. But um, but, you know, being in that in a large, large church, we had probably 12 pastors full time vocationally. And um, in that mm. church, it was a big congregation and good, a great church. I'm not I don't want to speak ill of them in any way. Great church. Teach the Bible. People are getting saved. Lots of great lives are being changed, you know, um, great impact in our community. So I have a lot of great things to say about it. But um, but I often wondered in that room, in those pastors meeting, who would be there if suddenly the money was gone and they weren't going to get the paycheck? Mm-hmm. Who would stay? Who would serve the people? Who would find a way to do it? Now, I get it. You got a family. You got to feed your family. And, you know, that's... But there's a lot of great pastors out there that will be virtually unknown who work full-time jobs and then have a church, and they also pastor a church, you know, and mm. they'll never be known yeah. by us, but the Lord knows, and he'll honor them, you know, on that day. Yeah. So, but man, wow. Well, I tell you what, how can our listeners help Australia? You know, I obviously praying for you guys, but 
what can be done? What can we do? Large what? drones with <laughs> AR-15s attached. Yes. Yes. Packages <laughs> sound pretty good. All right. What about green cards? If they're single men and single ladies over there who yeah. want to have arranged marriages like the Puritans or something, <laughs> they get us over over the border. Oh. Um, no, but... I'm single, yeah, ladies. <laughs> all, all the they, single uh, Australian ladies. Yeah, you only need one, Rosie. You only need one. But, I have yeah. some lovely, lovely friends from church that I, I might be able to... Uh, anyway, this is it. <laughs> <laughs> off, off the podcast. Um, <laughs> but, um, no, look... Honestly, to, to be honest, just talking about us and not forgetting about us down here. As we've mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, Austria and Germany are kind of doing, you know, going down the path that we've been going down yeah. for such a long time. So if people just don't forget about us because we still are living. It has, it's not over. <laughs> you know, we're still locked mm-hmm. in our home. Yeah. Um, so if people can just really um, keep us yeah, in, our, in, in your prayers and keep, circulating what's going on in the news, um, like go on to Cauldron Pool mm-hmm. and share the articles um, and other, I'm not just saying mine, but other sort yeah. of news sources and get the truth out there because it will not only act as, you know, spreading the truth, but it will help you guys out with the journey because you can see the warning signs and the red flags from us. So, mm. you know, um, that's a great way to support. There, there is a section on cauldronpool.com if people do want to support us that way. Um, we kind of do it for the love of it. You know, we're all kind of do that. But, you know, just letting us have a voice in yeah. the world outside of Australia is so crucial, and I, I thank you for that. Yeah, well, I tell you what, we will definitely pray, and uh, and I'll be praying for you guys and for you in particular too. But um, And we'll be pray- praying for a wife for Rosie to come from down under. So. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, um, but also to uh, <laughs> our, our, we'll put all of the links to Cauldron Pool and everything in uh, in the show notes on the podcast for sure. Um, how can are it, do you? How can people find you? Like other than Cauldron Pool, is that okay? Twitter? Is there anything like? Do you have any other places mm-hmm. that you socially social media or anything like that? Yeah, so I'm I'm on uh, Twitter, I'm on Instagram and Facebook, and I'm on Gab and Telegram. Cool. I'm on kind of all of them. I'm my most active, I would say, on Twitter yeah. um, and Instagram. I've been shadow banned pretty much everywhere else, but yeah, you can find me there. Um, and I, I usually like if I'm doing something, like I'll share it on those particular platforms. People can follow that way. So cool. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, and we will put all of those the links in our show notes for people to connect with you. And um, Evelyn, I, I tell you what, I, it's been good to hear, you know, from someone who's living in this situation what's happening and to really help people understand. I hope that people see this. And, I, you know, between you and me, I think our current president would love to have what's going on in Australia happening here. I think, yeah. I think that's his wet dream. I think so. You know, he, mm. would, he would be so excited if he could make that happen. But, uh, mm. you know, we have, we have those, um, those drone drops, so he can't do that. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. <laughs> but um, yeah, so we'll, we'll uh, put all that stuff in the show notes and, and, you know, I want to encourage our listeners to just, to just think of, our Australian friends and pray for them. And, uh, you know, the final thing is that, you know, I love that verse, the, the one who, 
he who the Lord sets free is free indeed. And it has to start with Jesus. And so um, we need to pray for revival in, in Australia, for the hearts of the people to turn to the Lord and call out to him. And then maybe that judgment will be lifted and maybe they'll see things mm. turn around in a radical way that um, even uh, that they might not even ever expect, you know. Yeah, we are right for a revival. Yeah, yeah, it is. So, well, Evelyn, thank, thank you so much. Rosie, you got anything you want to ask? Or? Amen. Amen. <laughs> Just throwing out an amen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But thank you so much, Evelyn, for joining us and for you know sharing your story and everything that's going on there. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate you guys so much, and and you're doing great things. So thank you. Oh, thanks. Yeah. So we will. Uh, we'll. I'll, I'll keep connected with you on Twitter, and uh, we'll let you know when this is airing. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks again. I really appreciate it. And um, I'm speaking at a rally on the 27th. Okay. I'm in Sydney, um, and I'm going to be breaking the law to do it because I'm unvaccinated. So. The next time you see me or hear from me, I might be in handcuffs. Who knows? Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we're praying for the 27th. That's uh... – Yeah, we'll see how that goes. All right. I just decided I'm just going to do it. I was asked and I was like, oh, I'm not going to do it. (laughs) I'm the only one over here in Australia who's a Christian voice in the fight. Like I'm not the only Christian in the fight, but who's got a platform and who was asked. Everybody else is secular or agnostic or atheist. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go on this stage at Sydney Parliament with this mic and I'm going to just like talk about the only way to save the West is through Christ. And I'm just going to do it. So if I get arrested, then bad luck. Yeah. (laughs) That's going to happen. That's awesome. (laughs) Who knows? I'm going to do it, guys. Yeah, do it. Do (laughs) it. Preach boldly because you never know whose life would be changed from that. You just never know. I don't like... I don't like preaching. Uh, I'm a bit of a John MacArthur with that. Women don't belong in the pulpit. But this isn't the pulpit, so I'll, I'll talk. That's I'll right. I'll talk. <laughs> well, we all have a testimony, yeah. right? We all have something to share about the, yeah. you know, the Lord. That's good. Yeah. Well, well, we'll be, awesome. we'll be, I'll be looking forward to Thanks. hearing about that, okay? <laughs> yeah. All right. Thanks so much. You take care. I'll, uh, I'll be in touch. Thank you. Sure. Thank you so much, Evan. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. See, see you guys. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the All Out War podcast today. If you had a blast, then we'd love to have you back for another episode. So please subscribe and leave a review. We'd love to hear from you. You can also follow us on Instagram at All Out War Podcast or on Twitter at AOWcast. These episodes are also available on YouTube unless they contain a little too much truth. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time. 